0: Hello and happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in again to our Wednesday Word Podcast. If you have been listening consistently, you know that I have been reading Exodus and I actually just wrapped up and am now in Leviticus. (laughs) And for anyone who is familiar with the Bible, you're probably like, oh wow, Leviticus. Um, Because Leviticus is kind of known to be the book of the Bible, where if you start reading the Bible in a year, it's where you really come to a screeching halt <laughs> um, because it can get very, uh, the the word that's coming to mind is dry. Um, and I, I don't like that, but that would probably be the most realistic word just from, from my perspective and true, truly from probably the world's perspective. But the more that I read the Bible, the more that I realize it is all so perfectly compiled. And obviously like that is in the Bible and, you know, that, that every word is intentional and, and, you know, written by God and through the mouth of God. And so the more that I read it as an adult, the more I'm just like, honestly amazed by God. And so What I wanted to share today is from Leviticus 1, but also relates back to the gospel, and I think this is really important for any of you who have ever questioned, like, why did Jesus have to be born? Why did he have to die? You know, all of these things that I think can be really confusing for non-believers of like, why did this man who was God have to come die for me? for me to be able to have access to God and have eternal life, which is a really valid question to be fair. So, okay, what we're going to do, and let me just say, I'm only going to be scratching the surface on this. So I hope that I do a good job of it, but um, I just found that this was really for me, eye-opening of just seeing the connection and the correlation of God's promise with his chosen people, Israel and his basically like, ceremonies for them to be made holy and perfect in his sight in relation back to the gospel so let me read from leviticus 1 and side note this is like i don't know if y'all hear teddy but he is snoring so if you hear that that's what that is <laughs> um if you know teddy that's my dog so i apologize if you do hear some noise in the background uh just to add some lightness to this podcast okay so let's start from leviticus 1 and i am gonna read quite a few verses so just bear with me try to stay focused because like i said this can get it's just a lot and and it's not something that we don't offer sacrifices anymore at this point um and so it can be kind of like whoa like this is a lot to take in so let me start from verse 1 and i think i'm gonna go until at least verse 10 i believe so we'll just go as as far as as i think i should go All right, so the Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd or cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. That's important. A male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. I'm going to repeat that. The Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence and Aaron's sons. The priest will present the animal's blood by splattering against all the sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and the fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, it may be either a sheep or a goat, but it must be a male with no defects. So again, we're seeing that same... Um, theme here, that it must be a male with no defects. And the reason that the Israelites had to do this, and and let me just kind of clarify, like a common person didn't necessarily like do all of these things. You're seeing that, that he's telling Moses, you know, what are the procedures when you present an animal, you know, the priests are doing all of these things because they are the ones who are holy. They're the ones who can be in presence of the Lord. We talked a little bit a few weeks ago about like building the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant and all those things. And those were the most holy places. And a common person could not go in those places. And so that's also important as we go back to the gospel in a, in a few minutes. But this is all really important because the only way to become purified and pure in the sight of God before Jesus was to offer sacrifices to God, like animals as sacrifices. Um, There's also information in here about grain offerings and and other things if you didn't have animals. But the most common form of sacrifice was an animal. And it was a male with no defects, uh, which is, like I said, very important. And so blood had to be shed for you to be made right with God. Like that was just part of it. That's the way that God designed it. That's the way that he made, um, basically like the purification process. So all of this is really important because Jesus is the male with no defects. He is the man who was born fully God, fully man, but he lived a sinless life that we couldn't live. And so instead of us having to make sacrifices to God, um, I mean, consistently, because obviously we're sitting daily, uh, almost moment by moment, honestly, God gave us the ultimate sacrifice to go in our place so that we could be made right with him, that we could have access to him, um, that we didn't necessarily have to go through a priest to offer sacrifices to him to make us right with him. And I just think that, when you think about the gospel in those terms, when you also think about the intricacy of how God designed and wrote this story for us, it's actually really amazing. And the Bible is perfect. And my husband and I have talked about this a lot. It is if you try to disprove Christianity, like there's actually a man who has written a book on this and he tried to. And in his journey to t- to try to disprove Christianity, he actually became a Christian because he couldn't do it. The Bible is the most accurate oldest book in the world. And as time goes on and on, what happens is people, historians keep finding more evidence that only increases its credibility which i find just amazing and honestly i find a little bit like god's humor as well in all of this of like and just his goodness i don't know i just think god his mind and his thoughts are so much greater than ours and so sometimes i think that he he just always surprises us and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing um so okay let me connect this back to the gospel Because I think this is important. So we talked about how the sacrifice had to be a male with no defects. We talked about how the priest had to do the sacrifices. How a common person like you or me could not be entering into, you know, the most holy places of the tabernacle or the temple or whatever. Those were reserved for priests who go through various ceremonies to be made right with God. So let's go back to, or let's, shall I say, move way forward to Matthew 2745. And Jesus is being crucified. He's on the cross right now. It said, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted again and then released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I'm going to read that again. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead, they left the cemetery after Jesus' re- resurrection, went to the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. The Roman officers and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, This man truly was the Son of God. So I read that because, you know, over the course of my life, I have learned a lot about the connections between the Bible and why Jesus had to live the perfect life and die this death and sacrifice for us and then be raised to dead. And and that all really didn't click for me, I would say, until a little bit after I actually accepted like the gift of salvation. Um, I think as a child, you can believe all of these things and have true childlike faith and not fully understand everything. And, and I think that that's actually totally fine because I do think that the Bible talks about childlike faith. But as you get older, you start to wonder, like, when you, when you learn more about the details and why that was necessary, it's more than just because we're sinners. It's because this is the way that God designed it from the beginning. So when Adam sinned, he no longer had that walking in the garden access to God anymore. He became separated from God. And... If you look in the Bible, only the most holy of holy and the people that God chose had that one-on-one, face-to-face access with God. And God gave them very special instructions of, like, here's what you need to do in order to be in my presence. And what is so, I can't think of another word, but is sweet about the gospel is that when Jesus died, the veil was torn it says, "I'll read it again." At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And I think that there are some people who may not believe, you know this, but I personally do believe that, you know I have just as much access to God as anyone on the earth. You may think, "Oh, this person is so holy. They have so much more access to God than me." Or and it's like, "I don't I don't believe that." Jesus his death tore the veil in two. So we no, no longer need religious leaders to offer sacrifices for us to have access to God. God is is at our access at any moment. And that's because of his son's sacrifice. So, if you are in Jesus, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, you have access to God at all times. And when you think about the Old Testament, and I think about like a woman like me living in the Old Testament, my access to God would have been so limited. And the fact that now I'm living, you know, in 2023 and my access to God is unlimited is just, I think, such a blessing and one that we 1000% take for granted. So I really wanted to share that because one, I just thought it was really helpful. I think, especially for people who may not understand why did Jesus have to, why, why did Jesus die? Like what, what's the purpose of that? Because I think you know if you care about details and if you care about the purpose of things and and the why behind things, that's a really valid question um, and I like I mentioned earlier, I only scratched the surface I mean this is like real quick explanation and definitely missed a lot of details so I'm not hiding that but um I hope that that was helpful and I hope that it gave you a little bit of an insight into. The connection between the Old Testament and New Testament and how truly everything in the Bible points us back to the gospel and points us back to God's love for us, Christ's love for us, and the power that we have in Christ and the access that we have to God and his love for us. I hope that blesses you. I hope you have a wonderful week. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in.